Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. Whether training for a marathon, raising a family, cutting calories, or simply wanting to drive later, there are a multitude of reasons that more Americans are cutting back or avoiding alcohol, creating demand for healthier alternatives beyond sparkling water or sugary sodas and juices. According to Google Trends data, mentions of non-alcoholic are up 81% from a year ago, and searches for benefits of quitting drinking have increased 70% in the last five years. At the same time, sales of traditional alternatives to alcohol, such as juice and soda, are falling. According to USDA data, the per capita consumption of juice per American hit a near 50-year low in 2017 at 5.2 gallons compared to a high of 9.5 gallons in 1998. And soda sales have been in a virtual freefall, with Wells Fargo analysts last May estimating unit sales had dropped 2.7% over the prior year. And while sales of sparkling water are up, they aren't always enough to keep consumers' interest at a party, sporting event, or special occasion given their everyday status. Hoping to help Americans meet their rising demand for something healthier and also more sophisticated, several players have entered the market with mocktails and non-alcoholic spirits, including American startup Ritual Zero Proof, which launched last month with gin and whiskey alternatives that promise the flavor, smell, and burn of traditional spirits, but without the alcohol or calories. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, the co-founder of Ritual Zero Proof, Marcus Saki, talks about what is behind the rise of the sober curious shopper, what they're looking for, and how the competitive landscape is evolving to meet their changing demands. He also shares what it takes to make a product that tastes and feels like alcohol, but isn't. While health and wellness are significant drivers of the emerging low and no alcohol movement, Saki says an often overlooked but equally important factor is consumers' near insatiable desire for something new, whether it's a novel flavor, format, or experience, as well as the power to choose. Uh, it's a really interesting time in the market. There's a very clear motion to be drinking better rather than more. Um, and it's tied to the overall consciousness that we're seeing in all kinds of consumer products. People want uh, not just healthier options, although that's always a part of it, but they want choice in their options. Um, they, they want to be able to get exactly the flavor they'd like and see things a little bit differently. And that's where a lot of the non-alcoholic market comes in. Um, what we are finding, and the evidence on this is huge, um, you know, everything from Google searches for non-alcoholic being up 81% from a year ago um, to major exploratory pieces in just this year in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Guardian, CNN, Washington Post, uh, to Forbes magazine saying that the biggest trend in cocktails is non-alcoholic drinks. Um, what we're saying is that people just, they want to uh, they want choice. The better way to look at it is is consciousness, um, is wanting uh, to make the choices that you make very consciously about what you're putting in your body, to take a moment and or a month and reflect on uh, your habits and 
and see try some new ones maybe um, for us the thing that's really important is ritual is a company of drinkers um, we are not about getting rid of alcohol um, what we wanted was something else in the cocktail kit so that uh, you could have something to help you through sober October if you wanted or if you've already had two and you want more but it isn't club soda you can continue uh, with a, with an adult tasty sophisticated beverage to me the the way to look at it is this um, when people wanted an alternative to coffee they weren't talking about tea <laughs> um, that's why decaf was invented and that's what what we did and we are the first uh, the only American brand to be doing this we use all natural botanical flavors to echo the taste and smell and most importantly the burn of traditional spirits without the alcohol or the calories so if you like old fashions you can have two old fashioned traditional spirits and shift over to a ritual zero proof old fashioned uh, if you know how to make a gin and tonic, now you know how to make one without alcohol in it. And there, there is no one else doing that, uh, no other American company doing that right now. There are a lot of really interesting flavors out there. Uh, the whole movement is, is exciting, and I love having as many tools in my cocktail kit as possible. Um, but to me, the central thing, the thing that we needed to accomplish and, and worked incredibly hard to do so, was something that was familiar that if you're a whiskey drinker, now you have a whiskey or, or something close to it, a whiskey alternative that you know how to use. Identifying the unique need for an alcohol-free spirit versus a sparkling water, soda, or juice was only the first step in Ritual Zero's journey. The next was creating a beverage that sufficiently mirrored the real thing, not just in flavor, aroma, and mouthfeel, but also experience. For Ritual Zero, this meant nailing that burning sensation associated with ethanol. Ritual Zero Proof is built up. It's not that we took alcohol, or took traditional spirits and tried to strip the alcohol out in a mad science-y kind of way. We went the other way. It's a very conscious building up, like cooking, of using all-natural botanical essences to really try to recreate the taste and smell and burn of traditional spirits. So if you were to open a bottle of Ritual Zero Proof whiskey, which I highly recommend you do, um, it's got a nose of vanilla and caramel and oak. Um, the body is warm and soft and round, uh, and there's a nice pleasing heat at the back end of it. Mixes beautifully, um, pours great on the rocks. Our gin alternative is strong notes of juniper and pine, um, it's bright, it's herbaceous, and it's got the same crisp bite as quality gin. Everything about this has been incredibly conscious. It, we went through more than 500 iterations to get these recipes, um, knowing that we would never be able to exactly replicate uh, ethanol. It, it's, it just doesn't work that way. But what we thought we could do and what we, what we think we've achieved is you hit enough of those notes um, that you've got a really serviceable alternative for the occasions when you want one. Um, so it has a nice heft to it, like alcohol, um, a good strong nose. The burn itself was an incredibly complex thing to figure out um, because it's, it, 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 that burn comes from the properties of ethanol, and we can't use that exactly. We didn't want something that was 
almost zero proof. We wanted something that was absolutely zero proof. Uh, and so we had to, to find ways to do that with botanical essences that uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't easy. Um, there's a reason we list a lot of the ingredients and notes right on the bottle. Um, it's We want people to understand that we care what we put in our bodies and, and that we know that they care too and to see them and recognize them and know that it's not unpronounceable chemicals. Ritual Zero's decision to launch with a whiskey and gin rather than a vodka, which outsells both in the spirit segment, was a calculated move to reach as many consumers as possible while still giving itself wiggle room on the taste profile. We wanted uh, to hit as wide an audience as possible. Um, By far, dramatically, the biggest selling spirit is vodka. Um, I actually love vodka, and I will fight anyone who says vodka has no taste. Um, it, it absolutely does, but it's very, very subtle. Um, it doesn't. Uh, it was. It was a hard thing to create a, an alternative that really echoed vodka. Um, gin, on the other hand, is a huge spectrum of flavors. You know, everything from a classic London dry of just very, very heavy juniper all the way through to the really gardeny botanical gins like Hendrix. Um, you know, ours is closer in that sphere where there's a lot of notes of um, pine and herbs, uh, green lemongrass. It, it just gave us more to play with. And whiskey was the same. More is kind of our watchword over here. Um, it's, uh, it's funny because obviously we're doing an alternative that has no alcohol and no calories, but that's so that you can have more right you can you can stay up later talking you can remember your dinner party further our what we wanted in the glass was an embodiment of that spirit as much as we could put in it ritual zero didn't just want to recreate the taste smell and feel of spirits it also wanted its product to look the part with a bottle and label that felt familiar yet stood out on shelves i i uh i have a background in branding and advertising. Um, so I kind of brought that. Um, and then I'm also a novelist. I'm, my, I have nine novels out with two million copies in print. And so the idea of a sense of story is central to me. And what I wanted to do was tell a story with this bottle that feels very familiar, um, that feels like it belongs on the liquor shelf without disappearing on that shelf which is kind of a kind of a tricky thing. Um, so we very consciously, again, after many, many iterations, um, we really kind of tried to hone in on uh, a very clean design, a very modern one, um, colors that evoke health. I mean, there's even things like the wooden top was chosen because coupled with a sort of seafoam green and the white, it really feels like a spa. Um, those sorts of elements um, were very very intentionally chosen. Um, and then just, I'm a big fan of words, as you'd imagine. And I, I feel like there's no picture, no illustration that was going to do as much for us as actually just telling you what we made the thing out of. The words themselves are plenty sexy. Green peppercorn and, uh, you know, uh, sugar floss and <clears throat> um, warm caramel. These things are really evocative to me and and they're all notes that you will will pick up when you taste the thing 
Then extending the bottle really onto the rest of our branding was an interesting step. As I said, our we say all the time, like the, the watchword is more, is sort of a company saying. And so we did that as we moved into our photography and building out our assets. We wanted this sense, uh, it's not about austerity, it's not about denying yourself. Um, my favorite part of our photo shoot was this massive feast that we had spread out across a 10-foot table, I, the, the dinner party you desperately wanted to be at. And to us, that's exactly where ritual belongs, not as the only thing on the table, um, but as something else on the table, as maybe you have a couple of cocktails there, and then you shift into something really sophisticated that you can enjoy all on your own and uh, or, or in familiar mixed drinks. While still a young brand, Ritual Zero has bold ambitions for explosive growth, which Saki plans to attain by focusing first on his home market in Chicago, while simultaneously building a national following online. Ritual is based in Chicago. It's uh, three founding partners, um, two of whom share a bed and a child. Um, That's myself and my wife. And then the third is one of our best friends. And we are um, foodies and artists and entrepreneurs and parents who drink. Um, And so we took all of that spirit into creating it and then into the launch of it. Uh, Chicago is a perfect place to launch something like this. Uh, There's a tremendous, vibrant food scene here, as well as a strong entrepreneurial culture. So we are beginning there um, with the intention of owning our own backyard. Uh, In this brief window that we've been out, we've had enormous success. Um, We're in a number of high-end liquor retailers. Um, We are in Binnie's, which is a major superstore in this region, Um, as well as a number of uh, high-end on-premise restaurants, um, including, and this one particularly thrills me, um, Second City, which is just an iconic, you know, Chicago landmark uh, that was really looking for something like this. They, it was interesting when we sold them, a lot of comedy clubs have two drink minimums. Um, they have, they don't have a minimum, but they do have a maximum. <laughs> they, they don't really want the audience becoming part of the show. And here was a way to make sure that everybody could still have a good time to not say you had to have club soda. So we are launching in Chicago first, broadly, um, but we're also selling very extensively D2C on our website and Amazon. And the demand there has been, frankly, astonishing. Um, much higher than we projected at this point in the company's trajectory. Um, That's a large part of the reason we're going through this production run. It's a great mechanism these days because we can essentially have nationwide distribution before we get into the classic distribution chain, um, which is, you know, for us, kind of a perfect way to go about things. It, It lets the people who want to learn about the product find us. Um, so we've been leaning in very heavily there, but uh, the plan is to be broadly distributed um, in, with a focus on grocery and uh, large liquor stores. By Q4 next year, uh, we're projecting being in 1,000 doors. So far, this strategy seems to be paying off. Saki explained that despite being so new, demand already has been absolutely through the roof. I can't disclose exact sales numbers because of our arrangement with our strategic partner, but I can tell you that we've been on sale for just under a month um, and we are almost out of the initial 
run that we did that filled our loading dock, um, and we are in process on another production run of more ritual uh, that's 400% the size. So I, it's very clear that there is a market for this and that it is not a matter of, uh, of a small niche. From here, and with the help from an undisclosed significant strategic partner and investor, Saki plans to further fuel the brand's explosive growth by expanding its portfolio. We really just see this market as being so hungry um, for option for an option, and it's being supported by that by the responses from people that you know we feel like we feel like this is something people wished was out there. They just didn't know that it could be. Um, and so we are leaning into that. We're extending, uh, we'll be launching tequila next year. Um, it's so good. <laughs> Our tequila is really, really good. Um, with rum to follow, and uh, we are also still working on a vodka. But we, we take this very personally, and there's a lot of pride in it, and we, we're not going to release anything that isn't spectacular. Um, so we'll get that one when we beat it. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.